Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Mask from Nalftep in our Kenya finale series. Before we start the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you've not had a chance to check out what we have to offer, you can on patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. Also, go ahead and give us a subscribe on YouTube. Check out all the visual content that we have there and more coming every week. And now we'll start with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and I ran into the dark. You did. We'll see what, we'll see how that works out for you. Next to Maeve O'Shea. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I am all alone on a mountaintop. You know, the nice thing about your character's history to this point, Miss Lane, is one thing is true is that you're never alone. Nope. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. And after a couple of close calls, I think it's all smooth sailing from here. I love your eternal optimism. To uh, Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and I play Robert Drummond, and I have yet to be eaten by a groove. So it's a win. It is a win. Um, I'll just remind you that yet is a word in that sentence. Uh, next to Mr. Drummond. This is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And um, I did not expect this for the first time I've been spelunking. Yeah, this is sort of a nice first attempt. Um, or maybe a last attempt? Who knows? Last, but most certainly not least. This is Alex playing Sam Delon, who is wondering at this point, where are the non-violent orgies? Um, I guess you'd have to ask Mr. Doyle. Given that this is our Masks finale series, we're going to step back around the table and we're going to have a luck refresh. So I'm going to ask Miss O'Shea. I'm full. Aw, shucks. I mean, soon I will not be, but that's very true. I'm full right now. We'll go ahead and skip you and head over to Miss Miss Lane. All righty. What's your current luck? Uh, my current luck is 26. Okay, very good. And I got a 75. Okay, that is a fail. So you can take 16 points of luck. Wonderful. Mr. Doyle? I'm full. Very good. I am not full. Mr. Drummond. <laughs> What's your current luck? Six. And I rolled a 47. I was expecting you to, f- to <laughs> succeed on that roll. I just rolled. <laughs> right. I don't know what it was, but I was That's expecting just it. just the way it works with me. I rolled a three. Hey, hey. That's 22 points of luck. Wow. Nice. Not enough, but that's cool. Look, okay, first off, if we get to a point where I'd have to spend the 30 to avoid death, I'm dead anyways. Correct. All this is is just bonus for my rolls. Absolutely. Doctor? I rolled a 72 under 79. Okay. So that is seven more points of luck for you. And Sam? That is a 75 over 35. Okay. 
All right, five. So that is 19 points of luck for you. Awesome. Okay. One last thing just to make sure we're all on the same page. Miss O'Shea, mm-hmm. your current sanity. <laughs> 26. Miss Lane. 42. Check. 49. Drummond? 76. Yes, Doctor? 47. Sam? 71. All righty. So we raise the curtain tonight in a strange place. One filled with darkness, horror, and blood. The cave, which several of the investigators have chased Mweru and her cultist mob to, is filled with a strange repetition of environmental variables. One being the flicker and sound of fire from torches. The second, a deep, low, and continuous chant by these cultists, still naked, bathed in sweat and blood from the previous plateau, have arrived here and in staggered and chaotic spaces kneeled to prostrate themselves to their god. You, you can hear their voices in your ears and in your chest. That is how loud the chanting is. The third sound on the air is the unmistakable wail of a woman going through the throes of some imaginable, not unimaginable, but imaginable pain that bounces off the higher portions of the walls and off the columns here and sits in a very uncomfortable space in your sternum. Someone is going through something terrifying, perhaps someone innocent. So when we left, Mr. Drummond had moved up the left side. He'd managed to find a calm spot. He tried to free someone from one of these terrible columns and was unable to. Miss O'Shea had swept her way in with two of these stunningly large and likely monstrously grotesque cultists that have been turned into children of Yig, hybrids. One was sent towards the altar space to stop the killings. The other accompanies you as you continue your approach. I'm going to actually um, dodge by one of the columns to get behind it um, Mm -hmm. and cast Flesh Ward on myself. I'm totally cool with that. Okay. Um, the casting doesn't take terribly long. Uh, no, five rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 1d4 sand. And I'm going to spend 10 MP for 10d6. Ooh. Okay, so I'll roll your sand. Uh, so that is, for you, one point of sand loss after your deduction. So chip away a little bit there. Uh, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Have to survive. That's what they say. 10d6 then, huh? You want to roll that? You want me to roll that? Or you can roll it. I'm fine with you rolling it. I think it would be great if you rolled your own. I'm just going to do two sets of five. (sighs) 31. Okay. So you grace yourself with 31 points of armor. Your body hardens. Your more scales and plates bloom from various places on your 
form. Your shoulders get really, you get this sort of epaulet look, epaulets look, same look that the hybrids have. Mm -hmm. um, the scales now completely run all the way down your arms and onto your hands, coat your hands. Um, and then, you know, legs and thighs and all the rest of it. And you feel much more protected. Yeah, I figured I would do that while hopefully the one is fighting the cultist and maybe they'd be done. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that that, that hybrid is, is moving off in that direction. But what I want to give a little camera light to mm -hmm. is the doctor, Sam, and Jack. Because clearly Miss Lane sort of held up a little bit. They don't know that, but at least not yet. So as the three of you gather across the bridge and then, you know, move forward, what's the play for the three of you? Um, and I'll just go around the table. So I'll go to Jack first and then James and then Alex. I'll lead the way, gun drawn, up and ready. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much good it will do me in here, but, you know, just go in. There's not, I don't know what's in there. I don't know. Yeah. It's blind. I just have to go. Yeah. So passing through the portal itself... Right? So by portal, I mean the entry space. You see that scene. You see a horrific scene in front of you of a, a massive amount of cultists chanting um, again. They're pointed something at something further deeper into the cave. And then about 60 or so feet in, maybe 70 or so feet in from, from your judgment here, you see people being butchered, hacked apart on this this dais, this altar, which is glowing blue. And that's when you really get the sense of pieces connecting. The stone color and its glow reminds you exactly of what you have. And you can feel the heat from it. So is that that altar in front of the uh, cultist chanting and pointing at you? Um, it is. Okay. Um, but you can also see that there are cultists... Essentially, the, the altar that you're seeing is not the end of the room. Okay. That, that's not their focal point. No. Okay. No, that's like something else is going on. Then I guess I will try to see if I can sweep around the side and go farther in. Left or right. The sides of the tunnel here look very similar. Um, or not tunnel, but the sides of the cave look very similar here. Left. Okay. You sweep left. Before uh, Jack breaks off, I would like to enlighten him to the fact that I passed a uh, a full can of kerosene to Maeve when she got in here. I'm not sure what she did with it yet. Oh. But if you're going to break off, you might want to look for that thing. Okay, I will. I'll give you, Jack, given your spot hidden, I'll give you the fact that to the left, you can see Drummond like standing ne near one of these columns trying to, to stay out of you know, line of sight. Everybody else is kneeling. So picking out people who are standing up is super simple. Mm -hmm. They're very easy to see. Um, so that's just what you see. When you move left, you see that Drummond is that is in that space too. Uh, doctor? Well, if Jack breaks left, um, I'm going to probably stick next to Jack because, uh, well, I expect, it to, I expect him to develop a, a new wound any minute now. So... <laughs> I have medical supplies on on standby. <laughs> you you expect a new hole to be made in him at some point. 
Yes, yes, but I didn't want to say that I expect a new jackhole anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, Sam. So coming in here, you said that there were pillars uh, aligning the like the. But the, do they do the pillars? Are there pillars all the way throughout the room, like front to back? You can't see beyond, reasonably speaking, about 150 yards. It's real tough to determine what's back, what's back there. Sure. Um, but there are three pillars. So as you enter, about 30 feet in front of you, there's a pillar. This pillar is probably about 10 to 15 feet wide. There's another one to its left, and there's another one to its right. And there's probably about 15 to 20 feet of space in the middle. And then 15 to 20 feet on the, on the as you look at the left pillar, there's 15 to 20 feet of space between the left pillar and the wall and roughly the same amount between the right pillar and the right wall. Okay. There are no outcroppings. There are no blinds. There are no, there's no cover. Sure. Other than the pillars. Right. That's why I was asking if there were more pillars beyond these three that I could see. There, there are. Yes. So beyond these three pillars, you see the large altar space because the altar stone is glowing blue at this point. It's impossible to miss. And on that, you see some pe- people butchering people, right. killing them, grabbing people from the crowd and, and chopping them up, basically. Um, beyond that pillar, probably about 20 feet or so, is another line of three columns. Okay. It is the space beyond that that you can't really make out what, what's there. It's dark. It is. Okay. Can I tell if these pillars go all the way to the ceiling? They do. So there's no topping to them like they, they are stuck up there? And you said this is a really tall room, right? It's, it's massive. Like this cavern's um, massive. Yes. It is catacombs massive, yes. Okay. If I had to guess how tall these pillars were, how tall do I think they are? If you had to guess, um, they're probably 100 plus feet. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I watched my friends break left, because that's also where uh, Drummond went, right? Drummond looped around and left as well. Yep. Okay. I'm going to get to a knee get behind the closest pillar, dig my bag, and I'm going to grab my my lineman's like boot attachments, and I'm going to strap those things on. Okay. So let's slow that down just a little bit because something is important here. Sure. You get close to one of the pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, as you draw near to one of the pillars, you realize that you realize that the the pillars themselves have something about them. There, there is something here in these columns. The, the shapes of the columns look a little strange. Okay. I'm definitely not going to turn a torch on them. Okay. Can I make out what it is? Well, you can give me an intelligence roll. Sure. If you'd like. I would, I would love to do that. Uh, that's a 15 out of 65. Okay. It's not quite an extreme. So you give, no, no. You give them a, a, a hard look and you realize that interwoven in some of these, the column's design, its architecture, there are, there are little pieces, little links of what look like chains. And as you look at them as you judge them for just a moment as your eyes are going up and down 
you realize that the column moves, breathes, and you realize that the artistry that's been put into them, which look like, you know, horrifying um, images of people being sacrificed, aren't images. There are people in there. Oh. And it's at that point you lose sanity. Okay. I would love to lose some sanity. That's three points of sanity you'll lose. I, I will uh, gasp and cover my mouth and be like, oh, oh, oh my. Are they looking at me? Mm, I don't know about they're looking at you, but the, the face, while you, while you look at this column and the face change on it, you hear them scream. It's not audible above the the chance, but it's audible enough for you in that space to hear their their cries for release from that existence. So based on what I'm seeing then, these chains and these these bindings seem to just go like floor to ceiling? Yes. Okay. Then my plan remains the same, as disgusting as it might be. Yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my boots on and at my first opportunity, I am going to very quietly apologize to the person that's in front of me and in much pain. Mm-hmm. As I use the chains and their bodies to start scaling this pillar. That's pretty gnarly, but I like it. Miss Lane, because it's important that we sort of get it to the record, the plateau and the stairway extends out before you. You've collected your your book now you feel better you're still coated and soaked in the remains of whomever you encountered but you're there now yep was i able to locate my um my rifle amongst the dead bodies that i used to tear apart with my hands yeah you were able to gather your rifle like her blade i'm assuming is somewhere it's the thing that you hung on to Oh, did I actually get the hand? Yeah, you did. I sling my rifle behind me, wipe all the blood off my face, try to heave a little bit. Not possible. No, there's just a lot. You can wipe off some of the blood. Well, as much as try to get it out of my eyes. Oh, certainly. Yeah. That you can do. I find my book and I give it a long glance. Think about that I can make this all go away with just one thought. Shove my book in my bag. Remember that my friends still need me. I head towards the stairs. Okay. You cross the stairs, but as you do, you catch just the fleeting glimpse of something out of the corner of your eye. It's a figure. It stands off in the distance, just barely out of your perception. And when you look, there's just this flash of yellow paint. It evaporates from your vision before you can get clarity on it. I give it a second glance and see that it, you know, whatever was there is gone now. Mm-hmm. And I subconsciously go to reach in my bag and then remember that I still need to go after my friends. Just kind of shake my head a little bit and continue on. Okay. Continue on. You eventually enter the cave. What do I see? Well, the aforementioned uh, general <laughs> awfulness, <laughs> which exists here. All right. Yeah, uh, you hear the 
the chants and moans of cultists who are desperate for them, desperate for the gift that they're looking for. You see various members of your investigator party who are standing or skulking. It seems that Sam is climbing a column nearby. Far further down into the cave, uh, Mr. Shea is walking with a, a large figure. You're not sure who they are. Um, they're not humanoid. Uh, given the, the movement, their lower the movement of the lower body seems to be rather snake-like. And there's this altar ahead. You can see it glowing. It's giving a, an awful lot of blue-white light um, in a sort of a diffused sense. It makes a um, really big torchlight effect in the sense that you can see what's going on around it. Um, and on this altar, people are being lined up and they're being hacked to bits. Is there only one person doing the hacking? No, it seems that there's two fellows there. One is selecting from the crowd nearby and the other person is doing the dirty work, as it would be. Um, and then there's this other large figure, this other thing creature that is moving closer to that altar at speed and it's about eight or nine feet tall it looks a lot like the thing that is also walking with miss o'shea so it's snake-like i use walking in with air quotes it is snake-like yes it appears at least if it's the same type of thing that is with miss o'shea it has a mostly humanoid upper body and a mostly snake-like lower form i will head towards the altar because Certainly. So I'm going to have you make a fighting brawl roll, Miss O'Shea, for your hybrid. We'll just say your children. That's a 69. Nice. Nice. The nice part about it is, is that a 69 is under their fighting brawl roll. Nice. Uh, so it steps up and it doesn't have any weapons per se, but it goes to rend and claw at one of these uh cultists and because the children of Yigger who they are it isn't really super focused on who it gets a hold of um, and so it doesn't get the, the person hacking people but it does get the person who is grabbing people from the crowd and so I'm going to have you roll 2d6 just put my shadow on dice away never forget uh, that's a nine. Okay, add a d4. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It gets a strength bonus. That's a two. Okay. Uh, it, it rends this person's upper body. Uh, it You see and sort of viscerally feel what your children are doing. Because you, you just do somehow. You feel its hand surge forward and, and perforate the pectoral muscles. And it gets a claw deep enough into the collarbone of this person and plucks it like a bass string. Nice. And there's a sickening crack. And that is when the person who is chopping people to bits turns. And so in the next cycle up, we'll, we'll face that off. Jack Drummond, it looks like the fight has started at the altar between whomever was with Miss O'Shea and 
these cultists. And you can see the cultists around the altar, the ones that are likely the next to be sacrificed, begin reacting. They're not reacting out of fear. They're reacting to protect what's going on. I want to take a half a beat, and I, I'm looking for the head cultist lady that was... You can't see her. You don't see her on the field, quote-unquote, of battle. It's possible that she's further down in this ca- this this cave, this tunnel. It's really more a cave than a tunnel, but... I will head down. Are the pillars in built into the wall of the cave, or are they... No, they're floor to ceiling. They're not. Okay. There are no pillars actually against the wall. Right. That's what I mean. So I will attempt to stay on the um, far side of the pillars mm-hmm. and move forward into the cave. Okay. I am solely looking for this priestess person. Okay. So I'll ask, how fast are you moving? Not very. Okay. I don't want to miss anything, and I don't want to run over anything I don't need to. Certainly. So he's now behind us. Us is a relative term. When you say us, Miss O'Shea, who do you mean? Uh, me and the child. Um, so he is, I would say, to the left, far left of you. But okay. Roughly speaking, he's probably a little bit behind, but not too terribly behind. Jack? I think I'm going to uh, cover Miss O'Shea. Okay. So if cultists start approaching her, coming at her, mm-hmm. I'll take him out or attempt to. Sure. Sam, go on and give me a climb roll. Sure. Ew. Squish. Uh, Boots give me advantage, right? Probably give <laughs> people's nose and eye sockets hey. as a climbing holes. So he's like covering the north face. Yeah, it's a 15. Okay. So you make, you make your climb roll. Um, as you climb your way up, I'm going to have you make a strength roll. It's a hard difficulty. It's a 27 out of 55. That's exactly hard. Okay, good. So as you climb your way up, you begin feeling the column try to adhere. Like your hands start sticking to the column. And you have to work really hard to pull one of your arms, like your hands loose. Then what I will do then is I will, since I was I was using the boots to climb anyway, I will... Every time I expose my offhand, I will flip my gauntlet into place in order to make sure I can cut my hand free when I when I move the next handhold. It's quite the acrobatics, but you have an, a, a pretty good climb roll. Uh, you're able to ascend, we'll say, about a third of the way up okay. this round. You also get a way better look at, you know, 20, 30 feet up in the air at what you're looking for. And... You see beyond the second row of columns, you can see another series of pits. And then way at the far end of this room, there's a dais and a throne. And there's a a figure on it. I only have one more numbers question for you. Sure. How far is the other row of pillars from this row of pillars? You're not really sure. Okay. Like mathematically speaking? If I had to guess. If you had to guess, from this pillar to the next row of pillars, it's probably 70 or 80 feet. All right. I know what I need to know. Thank you. Okay. And then the throne from the second row of pillars 
is probably another 60. So you're at about 160 feet. Total, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I take a deep breath and I continue to as, to ascend. And uh, okay. if anything yells at me, I will cover its mouth as I continue to climb. Jack, make me a firearms roll. From one of these sitting positions that the cultists are taking, one suddenly turns and leaps at you. And they're close. That's an, sorry, that's an 81 under 84. Okay, roll damage. I was going to say, otherwise, um, I mean, I'm like basically have the the stone in my satchel and my knife out in the other hand. The reason why I'm giving it to Jack is because he has a gun out and ready and he's going to act faster than the hybrid. 11. Okay, you shoot a cultist dead. So I probably saw, raised my knife and then was like, pow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. So so as far as I'm concerned, the fighting has just started, right? Because now I heard a gunshot. Jack has shot someone. The fighting fighting may begin. Keeper? Yes. That gunshot. Now, I know there's a lot of chanting and squishing and cutting sounds and all the sloopy goodness going on. But that gunshot, does that kind of like rip through things audio-wise? Oh, auditorily? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, th- there's a huge difference between what is in effect a um, mystical Chicago stockyard visit for you, Doctor, and right. the smooth and rather direct report from a 45 pistol. Big difference. Oh, I'll follow that that starter pistol off by drawing uh, <laughs> drawing the steel of the sword from the cane and. I guess covering another area that Jack is not covering for Maeve. I don't see a lot of these cultists deciding to carry rifles or handguns, so this is slightly more in the doctor's wheelhouse. So things begin to unravel. You see this, you get a wonderful vantage point of this mislane from the back of the group. You start seeing cultists stand up and turn and move. You see it too, Sam. You can see them from your position, although you're not prepared to, you know, immediately turn and fire. You can see some of these cultists start to basically shake loose of whatever they're doing and start going after the people who are, well, your compatriots. And so we're going to do this combat slightly differently. And that's because there's going to be a lot of mob movement in this. So just be prepared for that. Uh, they don't go before you, which is nice. Well, most of you anyway. Um, so what I'll do is I will have you declare your intent. And so since most of you are ahead of where they'll go, you'll get to see what they're going to do first. Right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You're going to see their intent. And so each one of you will be being rushed by a D3 cultists. That'll be a little tricky for them, for you, <laughs> Sam, um, because they'll have to climb to get you, but that doesn't mean that they won't try. So I'll just sort of run down the list here uh, in initiative order. So Lillian, in your general vicinity, there are three cultists that are going to come after you. Lonnie, you have two. Sam, you have one. Tiff, you have three. Jack, you have three. That's going to be just fantastic. James, I can't tell you 
because they go on the same initiative as you do. So we'll we'll find we'll, we'll find that out together. That'll be fun. So, that being said, Morgan, what will Lillian be doing? Do I see these three cultists rushing me? Actually, hang on a second. And the reason I say that is because Jack has a gun out, so his initiative is technically fifty points higher. I mine out. Oh, but he's got it. He's ready got to go. it ready. He is okay. ready to shoot people. Okay, I am not. You ready. have to like take your gun out. Okay. Not that you won't be able to. So we'll just let him go first on 110. I'm going to try to drop all three coming at me. Okay. They're coming right for you. They're coming right for me. Now, so this is a little bit, this isn't just a little scary, Jack. You have three coming at you and because of your situational awareness and being close to Maeve, you realize that there are more coming from the right-hand side too. So you see her three and your three. Well, I can't help her if I'm dead, so. That's very true. So go ahead and take your three shots. That's 42 under 84. That is 17 under 84. And that is 51 under 84. Okay. So go ahead and roll damage because they can't dodge. Four, three, and nine. Okay. That 17 under 84, is that not an impale? Yes. So go ahead and, and do the extra D10 or add 10 to whatever you rolled because. Okay. So I think that was the second one. Wasn't it was. It? Yes. Okay. So that would be uh, 13. Okay. So you killed two outright. The first guy you wing, uh, the second cultist that you shoot, you shoot her center mass in the heart and she dies instantly. And the third one, you sort of get around to the right and you end up shooting them essentially right under the heart and they spin to the floor. But that first one, they're still up. Okay. Now, Lillian. I will shoot the closest one coming towards me. Okay. I got a 61 um, under 71. Roll damage. I got a 14. Dead. Okay. So that's one that you've killed. There are two more that will come at you. We'll get to them. Trust me. Mr. Drummond. From Hell's Heart, I stab at thee, I guess. Sure. Oh, that's a 98. <laughs> Oof. Uh, what is your melee skill? It's 31. <gasps> that's a fumble. Yes, it is. So you swing at one of these cultists. Mm -hmm. uh, you swing hard because you, from Hell's Heart, you're going to stab at them. Yep. You miss wildly and connect with the stone wall of this cavern. The blade shatters. Oh, great. Uh, as the blade shatters, it sends shards of hot metal into your body. You take four damage. Hey. Oof. And you begin bleeding. Yay. Okay. So, Sam. Goodness. So, question, question for the, the keeper. Uh, what are the chances that the one that is coming after me is the only one that's seen me so far? Uh, well, you haven't made a stealth roll, but I would imagine likely they're the only one that's seen you. I don't think a stealth roll is necessary, but because they were all sort of 
you know, kumbayaing with Naroth stuff. My plan was to obviously go up the back of the pillar, but that's that's fine. So we're going to the back of the pillar, and there's one there's one lone cultist wondering why the pillar's moving. Uh, I'm going to continue my ascent, and I will. If I was concerned about being seen before, I will also work my way back around the pillar. Since I'm on the far side of the room, I'm basically going to put my back to the entrance and crawl, like, facing, you know, the the pillar and the crowd. And I'll just kind of every once in a while look down to see if there's some brave cultist looking to climb this pillar or if they all of a sudden pull out a slingshot or something. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a climb roll. Okay. But before you do, I want you to make a luck roll. I don't have a whole lot of that right now. I got more than I did. All right, so I have my luck roll first, right? That's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You bet. That's a forty-seven out of fifty-four. I would not have. I would not have made that. <laughs> I not come luck today. Okay, you maintain the Bast's blessing on you. In effect, the luck. Yeah. Uh, okay, and I will. I'll make my make my climb roll. That's probably a good thing you want to make this one. Yeah. But that is a 34 out of 82. So that's a hard success. Okay. So you are able then to continue your ascent and position yourself in an opportune space as you kind of crawl around. The thing that you're finding is as you continue to go up, the age of the work done on the column changes. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if you're going back through history. Interesting. And you're seeing all sorts of different shapes and forms that have been melded into these columns. Are these, are, am I past the juicy part or are they all still juicy? No, no, they're all still juicy. Okay. That's how um, the Crawling Chaos likes it. Hmm. Who wouldn't? I mean, who doesn't, you know? It's a Shay on 65. This will also serve as your hybrids action as well. Okay. I basically was gonna step so that we were back to back. You and whom? The, my, the child. Your child? Yeah. Uh, so we were back to back so we can just get all of them. You know, okay. Essentially. You'll have to sort of. Um, I know, straddle the tail. Right. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. Straddle the tail. <laughs> um, okay. So what are you going to, you take your action and then you'll instruct your. Mm-hmm. hybrids and what they need to do yeah so you have multiple cultists that are going to try to essentially rip your skin off your body okay well i'm gonna try and gut one like a fish okay there 65 out of 55 i'll spend 10 luck. okay go ahead and roll damage that's seven okay you kill a cultist would you care to use your hybrids action as well to fight cultists? Yes. Okay, so it's fighting brawl. 34. Okay. They will attempt to fight back against the hybrid. They failed to do so. So go ahead and roll 2d6 plus 1d4. Eight. Okay. Eight total. Kill another cultist. So that is two that are dead. One gets through. That's an 83. Uh, so you could fight back if you wanted to. Okay. Um, that would be either a fight back through the hybrid. Actually, it would be your fight back, sorry. So your fight back mm-hmm. um, because he's failed his fighting brawl. That's a 97. So no. What's your fighting brawl? 55. Okay. So no fumble problem nope. there. Uh, but he misses and you miss. Very good. 
Uh, so Jack already went. He already took his action. But now the cultist that is on him, the one he did not kill, um, he's going to try to bite you, Jack. I'm going to dodge. And to be clear, not because he has a bite attack, but because he wants to just bite you. No, that's fair. All right, he is we, a delicious being. Right. I don't I don't want to catch anything. You know how the filthy <laughs> cultist mouths. <laughs> wait, wait till you kiss your girlfriend, Lillian. <laughs> uh, 14 under 89. Yep, you definitely dodge. Uh, swing and a miss on that cultist. And so that is going to bring us all the way to Dr. Dottenbach who has no idea what is happening because those cultists and him go on at the same time. Okay. It's true. Uh, so, Doctor, you have been making your way uh, as best you can, sort of following the gunshots. <laughs> yep, um, making my way downtown. And two... Thank you. Two cultists stand from either side of you and leap to grab your arms. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, <laughs> they're going to make fighting back, fighting brawl rolls. You can fight back against each one if you'd like. Obviously, you already have a weapon out. Uh, so, yes. this is a fighting brawl roll for you as well. I would like to do that. Yes, if please. you are going to make multiple fight back attempts, you're going to mm. take a D10 disadvantage die as well. So, just keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I will. Okay. So the first one with disadvantage is a 32. That's a hit. Under my 70. So go ahead and roll damage. Yep. Uh, that is a D sword is the D6. Yeah, it's sword cane. D6. Five, uh, six, actually. Okay. I'm using white dice here. So mm. uh, second strike. The first roll was a 57. Second roll is an 01, but I have disadvantage. So 57 under 70. Yeah, roll damage again. All right. Two. Okay. So the first one, you very deftly make a incision through. That's really the best way. You perforate that epidermis and then through. You likely hit a kidney. And they fall down in agony. Absolutely. Doc is using his... Um, exquisite knowledge of the human body to hit everyone he has to fight in the most vital spots that he absolutely can. Yeah. I mean, I so. they're going to show them no quarter because they'll show us no quarter. So the second one, however, you stab and he takes the damage, but you can tell that the, the wound is not vital. Now all the other actions that happen that are resolved on the round. Um, your other hybrid is locked in what is essentially a, a combat with the person doing the executions. Um, they have been fighting back and forth now for two rounds at this point. Um, there should be a, a roll between those two. So if you'd make a roll for your hybrid. 72. Okay, that hybrid's getting stabbed. Oof. For four points of damage. At the end of the round, you can see, though those of you who are, especially Sam, who has an elevated position, can see that there is something growing at the back of this cave space. 
There seemed to be clouds forming, perhaps a mist of some sort, at the back of this space. So, for your information, Sam, the throne is obscured. Like, you see a figure stand, like, move from behind the throne, and suddenly there's a fog in your way now, like a mist pours out of them. So it looks deliberate, like somebody did that. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's 100% deliberate. Does it just look like, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know if it's gas or what, but is it, is it just obscuring, like it's cover, essentially, like it just... Okay. It is. It's it, it totally obscures the okay. throne. And actually quite a bit of space beyond it. At the top of the round, Miss Lane, whose initiative now goes up, you can go ahead and use your action. Yep, I will uh, shoot the next cultist that's running at me. Go for it. I get 47 out of 71. Roll damage. I got 12. Okay, you kill them. So you have one more cultist to deal with. They will get to you this round. Fabulous. So Jack on 110. Uh, I will shoot the cultist that I winged earlier. It's probably a good idea because they're going to be here this round. Uh, 28. Roll damage. Uh, that'll be 10. Yeah, you put them down. And then I'm going to scan around real quick, see who else is uh, under a threat of cultist. Miss O'Shea still has one left. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll pop him. Ooh, 95. <sighs> I miss. Wow, mark it in the record. Right. Right, because you have like an 82 or something. Uh, 84. Jack, I'm going to spend a, a hand of fate for you to make that a success. Oh, that's oh, nice. Yay. That's nice. Thanks, guys. Five. Obviously, he's not down. No, I don't think so. I'll, I'll drop it. Okay. 67 under 84. Yeah. For another 10. He's definitely down now. So Jack has cleared you, uh, Mr. Shea, you, he, he's cleared you and the... Um, the cultists of his own, at least for the foreseeable amount. Right. So that will be uh, Mr. Drummond on 80, who is now sans a weapon and has a bunch of shards of metal in his body. I'm fine. I guess I'll just punch one then. I don't have anything <laughs> better to do with my time. I mean, everybody thinks they're tough until they get punched in the mouth. That's yeah. true. 96 out of 31. I, oh. I suck at punching, too. So is that that's a fighting brawl roll for you, right? Yes, it is. So it's another fumble on fighting brawl? Mm-hmm. Okay. You need new dice. Yeah, but the fumble still stands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm going to say. You swing wildly at this cultist out of pain. Yep. And when you swing wildly, you open up yourself for an attack. And so what I'll say is I'm going to make a roll for this cultist to fight back. And if they succeed, it's going to be a critical hit. Okay. That's 46. That's a crit. So you're going to take a D6 plus D4. And that's three damage from a punch. Uh, So when this hit comes in, you get hit right below like right in the stomach mm-hmm. on your on your right side low and you feel your entire body panic you can go into these the momentary spasmic seizure you're not um incapacitated by any means but 
I'm going to recommend as your keeper you stop fumbling combat rolls. <laughs> it's not my fault. I mean, I didn't roll the dice. Okay, Sam? Am I at the top yet? Uh, you're almost at the top. Well, then I, uh, I'll take a peek down. What is my what is my little what is my little stalker doing? He's desperately trying to get up the column, but the issue is is that he's not strong enough to clear. He's not as proficient a climber, and so he's getting stuck to the nice. column. Well, that's ideal. You wear the wrong shoes. Oh, they're all naked too, aren't they? Uh-huh. They are. All right. Um, yes, I will continue my ascent if I may. Very good. Roll luck. Damn it! So it's like a vertical slip and slide? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so I'm say 48 under 54. Oh, that's good. Okay, you continue your ascent. The climb. The climb is a uh, 75 out of 82. Oh, wait, it's a good advantage, right? Because of the booties. It is. Okay, so now it's at 27. So yeah, that's way better. Okay, you get to the top. And you said the throne is obscured, and you said it's about 70 feet yes. to the next pillar, okay? That's what you said, ish? I did. Jump. I'm not going to jump. What are you, a sugar glider? No, I'm not a... Well, give me give me some credit here. I get out my rope. To do what? I'm going to secure it to the top of this pillar. With what? With the grapple that's also in my bag, where, where the rope is. Oh... And then I'm going to swing. Okay. To the next pillar. I feel like you should take sand loss for this, but Well, I so to be I have I have I have did. hardened as well. So I mean I don't know what more you want to do to me. Um, you hook the grapple into the column. As you do, the column screams audibly, Shh. like okay. And um I'm gonna ask you to make a dodge roll Jeez. because it's not something you can fight back. Okay. That's a five. Oh good. That's really good because I rolled a 10. That's okay. Okay. You dodge as the column comes to life and chains come out of it and try to lash you to the column. Oh, well, this is the greatest plan I've ever had then. I I leap rope in hand and I start to swing. So the rope is only 50 feet. Okay. So as the Mm -hmm. pendulum swings, there's another 20 feet between me and that other pillar. So let me know when I reach the end of the rope swing. (laughs) Because I'm go going to let the, go. You're going to go to the middle middle pillar? Well, so I'm swinging from one pillar to I'm f- further into the room, right? You said it was 70 feet to the next yeah, set of pillars, so, right? Yeah, you're going to, you'll, you'll, you'll have to leap at some point. So I'm going to have to let go of the rope at the end of the swing, mm-hmm. um, wherever that is. With However, with a 50 foot pendulum and I only weigh like, I don't know, a buck 70, a buck 70, I'm going to have a pretty long <laughs> way to go. So. We'll see. And if I let me know if I don't, I don't know what role I have to make to make that. This is the pulpiest thing I've ever done. So I'm going for I, it. I don't, well, I mean, consider the end of China. <laughs> the end of China with the rocket blowing up was, was pretty pulpy. Okay, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like this idea. And so here's what I'll say um, I think this is a, in effect, a hard jump roll. Okay. Because it's really about timing and it's about winning, knowing when to release, which in life is a fantastic. Thing to master. It's, it's it's been often said. That's correct. <laughs> the thing screams at me. I yelp at it and use it as a uh, a diving board as I leap into the room. Okay. So I'm going to make the jump roll now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. 
It is a 15 out of 77. Wait, what's an extreme? Mm, uh, math. Or calc. 12 or 13. I will spend one luck. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, <laughs> Jack, you and Maeve, and I guess technically then the doctor, even though he's sort of pitched in melee combat, certainly you, Miss Lane, would see a figure fall, swing from one of these columns, and then propel themselves forward deeper into the room. It is odd. It definitely looks like Sam, um, but he's careening towards the other pillar. Um, when you get to the other pillar, <clears throat> next round, Sam, you'll have to make a sort of strength roll to, to grasp, to get a good grasp. Claws are out. I'm ready for this. Hold. This is what I was built for this. <laughs> face hold. This thing's okay. pillar's going to eat me. Oh, yeah. You bet it will. Uh, 65. Ooh. All right. So, uh, this can of kerosene, does it already have a rag in it? What's the, was it just a can? It's a, it's a closed can because I don't want to spill gas everywhere. Well, then I guess I'm using predator sight and we're moving forward. There's not a lot of heat in this room. I'm sure there is, but I can, if there's fog, at least I can see. Mm -hmm. You're going to reach things. the, you're going to reach the altar this turn. So you'll reach the middle altar at this point. Okay, so not into the fog then? Not into the fog yet. The fog okay. is, is beyond the next row of columns. Okay, so the altar where the other serpent folk was fighting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which has now cleared up. Oh, he killed it? Yes, he has killed it. Cool. You watch that on the approach. You watch your hybrid, your child, rip apart this cultist who'd been butchering people and... There's a loud and sort of visceral hiss from its mouth. And, and it isn't trying to call attention other than, in effect, what it's doing is saying, Mom, I did my job. Like, I got him. Okay. Good job. Let's go. Okay. So you move forward. The hybrid moves forward. So that would leave us with the doctor with one uh, cultist left on him. There are other cultists, clearly, but these are the ones that have peeled off to start fighting with you. Right. Um, well, this this last one that's here. So the other. So there's only one that's actually facing me at this point. Correct. Yeah, I dispatched the other one with a, a deft nick to the face mm. or whatever. Yeah, liver. <laughs> whatever. Liver. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, since I'm only fighting the one, I'm not at disadvantage. So 35 under 70. Let me make so that is a hard actually fighting back roll see what we get that is not going to do it so go ahead and roll damage that is a five sir all right that will finish them off you finish him wunderbar close in ranks with the others a little bit i'm, I'm feeling a little lonely out here certainly uh so you can use your move action to hustle through the still kneeling cultist you sort of pick your way through to get alongside uh, excuse me pardon me oh that's what well, don't, don't touch that, excuse me. For you, Sam, you'll get this visual before you have to make your roll. Beyond the columns, there are a lot fewer cultists. The second row of columns are a lot fewer cultists here. The fog goes all the way up to the ceiling to sort of obscure what's down there. Um, but you still see that there are torches somewhere in the fog because there are 
discolorations, little flamey, like red and orange pops in the fog. So there's something still lighting it. You can still hear this very definitive female voice in pain, crying out, um, struggling. And it's really, the, the, the closer you get to it, you realize that there's something else there. There's another, something beneath her auditorily. There's another sound there layered in. Something else is going on. It's not just her. I don't like it. I still have one more cultist to kill. Okay, well, let's resolve that then. Can I hurry up and just kill him? You can, please. <laughs> yeah, so top of the round, then take your action. I'm going to shoot him. I get a 47 out of 71. Roll damage. I'm roll my damage. I get a 10. Dead. Boom. So now I'll ask you, are you going to follow up with the rest of the investigators? <laughs> I am going to catch up with the rest of the investigators. It's super cut time, folks. You all reach the second series of columns. At this point, Sam, I'm going to ask you to make a strength roll. Sure, it's a you. hard strength roll to hold on. Let's go. Is it hard, huh? I did. That's not hard. That is a 41 out of 55. Okay. But it's not a fumble. So, no, it's not. Um, I'm. I feel like there's room here for me to face plant magnificently. So I'm going to push this roll. Are you sure? Absolutely. Because I fly through the air at like 180 miles per hour at a living pillar. Yes, I'm going to push this roll. That is a five. So you creatively faceplant, but faceplant nonetheless. You hang on. Uh, you, you propel yourself at this column and you reach out for handholds as you arrive in a very rapid fashion and you hook a couple of fingers in someone's mouth and then you latch on to another body part to keep yourself from essentially skipping like a rock off this column. They groan in protest at your, well, frankly, unwanted hands. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sliding down this thing pretty violently. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the second set of columns, still viewable, is a series of what look like pits. These are prepared, not just empty spaces and vacuums in the floor, but clearly bricked out pits. They are dark, and it is difficult to see what might be in them. Is there heat in them? Uh, no. Okay. Well, at least not in all of them. There's one that has like a little bit of a, it's a trace amounts of heat movement, maybe. From within the fog, you continue to hear the wailing, the pain that this person's going through. And the wind picks up in the room a wind, a gust from nowhere. And it surges from behind you and forward. Jack, this feels really familiar. This is the same sort of sound, this wind sound that you felt 
that you and Lillian and Drummond felt on the way up to the plateau. Okay. And the fog swirls. And in the middle of the fog, you see the throne become exposed. And you see a horrifying sight. Malformed figure sits on the throne. An enormous, distended, pregnant belly in front of it. And behind the altar, there is a figure. Their hands directly on this woman's shoulder. So I'm going to take the top off of the kerosene. I'm going to rip the bottom of my robes. I'm going to take the matchbook that we got for the dancing tiger or wherever it was. Stumbling tiger? Yeah. And uh, light that, hand it to one of the hybrids to toss in that direction. Okay. So you'll be working on this while this is going on. Right. The wind continues just for a moment to pick up as you all are still clamoring forward. You see this priestess figure behind the woman. Her eyes completely ablaze with yellowed energy. And she is pressing her intent. You see words coming out of her mouth that that you can't hear. And as the wind continues to whip through this room and expose this previously obscured space, you see the wind coalesce, Jack, like a knife point. And a blonde man appears in motion on the throne as if to surge towards this woman and her horrifyingly distended belly. And without a single beat, the priestess behind the throne seizes Roger by the throat, almost as if an animal playing with its food. And there's just an arresting motion from him (coughs) as he shakes. And that's where I'm going to call this episode to a close. Bullshit. (laughs) We appreciate your listening ears in our Kenya series finale. A lot of stuff comes out in the wash next episode. So keep on listening. Thank you and good night.